of all really pleased to be here today uh, in Roscommon, uh, spending the day with um, Senator Dolan, but also with uh, Minister Fian and MEPs Maria Walsh um, um, uh, and, we, and Colin Markey, and uh, just um, uh, very keen to make the uh, visit. Um, uh, last time I was here in Roscommon town, um, the yeah. square hadn't been... Uh, oh. Okay, we can leave it down there. Are you sure? Yep. All right. Thank you. Okay, so anyway, I'll keep very short. I mean, just a really wonderful day to be in the Costa del Roscommon. Um, great to see the sun splitting the stones. Um, spending the day here with um, Senator Ashling Dolan uh, in the county. I had a chance earlier on today uh, to meet with Harmac, one of the big private sector um, IDA employers uh, in Cassari. Uh, plans for further expansion. Uh, just opened uh, Ashling's new office here in Roscommon Town. Yes. Very important Woo-hoo. to have physical presence, I, I think, in the county. Um, I'm going to be going on to meet community groups and business groups later and also be with some party members as well so uh, really pleased with the opportunity to visit and have to say very impressed um, with how the square has been rejuvenated last time I was here um, the square was looking a little bit down at heel and there's a lot of dereliction and it's really great to see what can be achieved when government invests in the public realm about nine million invested in this project yes. and it's really lifted the town uh, and I think created a much um, better urban atmosphere here in the town of Roscommon and yeah. we want to encourage more and more people to move back into the towns and part of that is projects like this renovating the square but also the new Creek Honaha grant uh, giving yeah. people a grant of between thirty and 50,000 to bring old buildings back into use uh, yes. and to re-inhabit our towns and villages and we're very ambitious about that for the future. So, Andrew, over yeah, Thank you so much, guys. We're here today and it's a real honour to have the Tawnish here in Roscommon. He's spending the full day here in Roscommon and he's visited, as you mentioned, up in Castle Ree. He's been down here to open this office for us here in Roscommon Town. This is so crucial. It's right in the heart of the county. Um, we're going to have a presence here and it's important because we're seeing the investment that's coming through. We have seen over 9.2 million here in this square, this gorgeous square here in Roscommon where, you know, over Christmas we had gig rig, we had music up here, we had like Christmas stalls um, all over the Easter parade. This is about bringing the space back to communities in our town that are able to use this. So it's about revitalising our towns and villages. We've also seen over 8 million coming through the Department of Rural and Community Development for towns and villages all around Roscommon. Uh, guys, it's going to be a great day and thank you so much for coming. And Thánisla, you're really going to enjoy it. We're going to be meeting business and community groups a little bit later this afternoon. Really going to get a chance to like engage and hear from people here in Roscommon. Thank you. Okay, we'll take some questions now. Oh, sorry, Tom. Just, it's uh, great to be back in Roscommon as a guest, and don't worry, Eileen, I'll be back in the showground tonight to see Sligo Rovers. But again, I want to congratulate uh, 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 Ashleen on opening an office, and uh, I think this gives a great Fidigil presence in County Roscommon and East Galway. And um, always good to have uh, the Tarnish down here uh, again today, and um, work with my uh, two MEPs, uh, uh, Maria Walsh and Colin Markey. I think it's a good day and it's great to be back in this common and it's great to see a lot of positivity in this county, so thank you. Yeah. Uh, just to add, I mean, congratulations to, to Senator Dolan for opening a presence here. Um, as Sonisha acknowledged, Nashville did too in terms of the square, but I think the spin-off of investing in areas like this is not just the markets on the Friday morning, yeah. but the spin-off of the businesses. Um, we had a beautiful meal in, in, in a local establishment right across the road where young people who are in uh, working for the summer, who are proud Roscommon, uh, rarers of it all, were delighted to, to see such, uh, such a, a leader uh, in Tonsha Lee Bradford here yeah. to, 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 to be here uh, and to be recognised as um, a really thriving area in the west yeah. of Ireland. So Woo-hoo. delighted and congratulations. Thank you so much. Thank you.
Yeah, delighted, like everyone else, delighted to be here with Ashling to open her office. I think it's great to have a presence here in Roscommon Town and particularly yeah. to be here on this square where it's just a wonderful, wonderful atmosphere here today. The, the nine million was clearly a great investment and if we get it, keep energy in all our towns like this, it'd be just wonderful. And indeed, been out in Harmac earlier this morning to see what 400 jobs does for a region like, that, like this and not only the people themselves, but the impact it has on the broader community as well. It's just exactly. wonderful to be here and delighted to see Thank the you. progress. Thank you. Okay, thanks. We're going to take some questions. We're Honest, to uh, um, uh, we haven't had a Fine Gael TD in this constituency since Dennis Nocton was here. So what's, uh, I, I'm sure the lady beside you, is, uh, you'll be hoping that she'll uh, be elected. But uh, uh, what are you going to do to make sure that that happens? Yeah, well, uh, as you know, uh, Mr. Fian's constituency does cover part of Roscommon, um, oh, but um, uh, in the constituency of Roscommon and East Galway, um, there's no government TD, in fact, um, and this is definitely uh, a constituency in which I think uh, the government yeah. can make a gain in the next election. Um, I'd obviously love that to be uh, a seat for Fine Gael, a gain for Fine Gael. Um, you know, the main things that we can do, uh, really, is to uh, improve the lives of people who live in the constituency, yes. and that means making sure that there are good job opportunities, it means making sure that we bring broadband every town, village, farm. It uh, means that we make sure uh, that we deal with the uh, challenges arising from the cost of living um, and make improvements in healthcare and education. And I think the most important thing that we can do to regain ground, and we have lost ground in this constituency, uh, is to um, uh, deal with people's concerns and worries. And that's yeah. what this is all about. And I suppose standing here in yeah. the rejuvenated market square is an example of what can be done. It's really um, It's really improved the quality of the town, yeah. uh, the urban fabric. Um, and great to see a lot of thriving businesses as well. Uh, had a really good meeting with Harmac, um, probably the biggest private sector employer in Roscommon, yes. uh, and to talk to them about their plans for uh, hiring more people, for expanding into the future, um, and giving yes. them the reassurance that the government is 100% behind. Just like, one more from me. Yeah. Uh, uh, farmers, this is a very agricultural co uh, county, farmers are worried about the 25% yes. uh, emissions target. Uh, how can you uh, allay their fears? Well, you know, um, every sector in society is going to have to make a contribution. Um, it's, we're here in a, on a lovely uh, sunny day here in Roscommon, um, but if it was five or ten degrees hotter, uh, we'd all be very worried, particularly the farmers. Um, and we'll, you know, if we don't turn the corner and turn the tide on climate action in the next couple of years, um, I'm not sure what will be growing in Ireland because it won't be grass. Uh, and that's why it's in the interest of everyone, including the agricultural community, that we do turn the corner um, and start to turn the tide against climate change. Yeah. And I think the best thing we can do really is to help farmers uh, on that journey, um, to encourage yeah. them to uh, make the right decisions that are also yeah. commercial decisions, using less fertilizer, for example, uh, using things like less slurry systems. Um, yeah, if they want to, taking up the option of things like yeah. forestry, things like re renewables, carbon farming. Uh, and you know, a lot of farmers that I meet um, are really up for that. Uh, and I just think we need to give them reassurance uh, that it's that our approach is going to be one of carrots and incentives yeah. and not a punitive approach, which I think would backfire. And if I might, Seamus, I mean, we can sort of see that the Thonish's visit here today shows how we're prioritising Roscommon. Um, again, it was a nomination for a representative within Fine Gael, within a government party, uh, for us, Common Galway, that's been so crucial. And we've seen investment, like I mentioned, with Minister Heather Humphreys, like over 8 million coming into towns and villages. I mean, that's a representative here in my office working with community groups, working across the county. 
Um, and I mean, the investment that we're seeing here under urban generation is coming through policies from Fine Gael. And again, as you mentioned, it's about agriculture. One of the community or one of the business groups we'll be meeting later is really showing the innovation that's happening. We're meeting with Farmai. Um, they're using research, innovation and technology about showing how farmers are meeting their targets here, particularly in the west of Ireland. Uh, we have, you know, grass-fed culture, like ca cattle here, livestock. Uh, our culture, our uh, where we are based here in Roscommon is unique. We need to show that we're world class in what we do in terms of agriculture, and we do it right here in Roscommon. Thank you. Thanks, Seamus. Just off the back of uh, Seamus's question there, uh, Finnegan was in government when he downgraded uh, Roscommon Hospital. Do you still think that that decision haunts Finnegan in this county? You know, I, I, I think it was um, a very difficult decision. It happened obviously 2011, 2012. It's 10 years ago at this stage and I know it was a very unpopular decision um, and uh, uh, politically um, we lost a lot of support because of that um, but I do think more and more people over time acknowledge that it was the right decision for, on patient safety grounds um, and uh, as time goes on because of the way medicine has changed you're going to see uh, more and more emergency departments being consolidated in larger centres like I'm a doctor by training uh, if you go back 20 years ago if somebody had a heart attack or a stroke you took them to the nearest hospital there wasn't an awful lot you could do for them really. You just, you know, gave them pain relief and oxygen and hope for the best. Medicine has moved on so much. We can now stop a heart attack in its tracks. We can stop a stroke in its tracks. We can save lives. We can stop people becoming disabled. But you can't do that in every hospital in every county. That can only be done in special centres. So I think the approach um, was, was the right one in terms of the decision that was made. Um, maybe the way it was done could have been communicated and handled much yeah. better with much more consultation. Uh, and I think we've learned from that. Uh, you know, Lockhamstown, the emergency department, they're closed. The discussion's underway in relation to Navin and perhaps it could have been handled better. But if you look at that hospital now, and I've been to that hospital in recent years, um, there's so much going on there, uh, probably more activity than yeah. there was before. Um, so, you know, I don't think describing it as a downgrading is correct because there's actually more patients being seen um, and more activity. You drive past and the car park is full yeah. on weekdays. Uh, it's just that yeah. different work is being done. Um, and yeah. I think on patient safety grounds it was the right decision, but perhaps it could have been handled in a better way. If I might and if there, I was oh yeah, a government TD at the time. Roscommon um, Hospital is twice as big, twice as busy. There's hundreds of people alive today because of the air ambulance and the facilities we brought in there. We put 20 million into it. Um, I know myself from talking to people at Roscommon in Roscommon, they know that the hospital is safer. Not one person died in the last 11 years, despite many people making dire uh, promises about it. But uh, I'm delighted that we stood firm in government. We've delivered with the consultants, with the, with the doctors, with the staff. And I want to ask anybody, is Roscommon Hospital bigger? Is it safer and, uh, and much busier? Just go and ask the consultants and the medical the people who understand. And I'm delighted to kind of say, after 11 years, I'm now known as the TD who helps save Roscommon Hospital. Thank you very much. Just one more for me. This week you were speaking about tax breaks for landlords. Is there a danger that that would just put more money in the hands of corporate landlords, landlords with multiple properties, and smaller individual private landlords will still just get out of the market. Yeah, well, just to be very clear, um, what I said yesterday is that no decision whatsoever has been made uh, in relation to uh, tax relief for landlords. Um, like everything, uh, between now and the budget day, it's under consideration, um, but absolutely no decision has been made um, in regard to that, nor has any commitment been made. Uh, by government in that regard. What I did say yesterday, and I said it very clearly, uh, is that if we give uh, a tax break to landlords, well then I think we should give a tax break to renters too, uh, yeah. because it would not be fair. 
um, to uh, give a tax break to landlords to encourage them to stay in the market, which would, would, would be a good thing, but then say to the renters that we're, you're getting nothing. So if you do anything at all, I think it has to be for landlords and renters, not just renters. But we haven't made any commitment or promise to do anything. I don't know yes, but we'll decide uh, at the end of, at the end of September. We'll do as much as we can afford. latest inflation figures uh, the uh, same as last month, but still a 38-year high. Um, what are your view on it? What's your view on it now? Yeah, well, you know, the figures today uh, show that prices are rising at about nine percent a year. Um, that's as fast as they've been rising. Uh, really almost in 40 years so uh, inflation is racing ahead um, I know it isn't higher than it was last month but it's far too soon to say it's peaked and even though it has peaked 9% isn't a good peak uh, we want to see inflation under control yeah. we want to see prices, prices stabilising again um, that requires a comprehensive anti-inflation strategy it requires international level actions European level actions, actions by central banks and also actions by government um, it is largely driven by international factors, as everyone knows. Uh, similar problems being faced in the US, and Britain, Europe, across the world. Um, what we can do is, as, a, as a government uh, is help to relieve the burden on people. And that's very much what we're working towards um, in the package on Budget Day. And it'll be a combination of things, you know, tax relief for working people, increases in the pension and, and social welfare, um, doing things to reduce the cost of living in areas like childcare, for example. And we're putting that package together. Nothing's decided, nothing is yet agreed, um, but we will be able to produce that uh, in September. Um, and people will see uh, the first results of that in their pockets within weeks, and then a further set of actions that will, t- that will come into effect then in January 2023. Just finally, just one other question on that. Uh, are you looking at another uh, bit of help in relation to energy costs? And are you worried about these recent amber alerts and what it might mean going into the winter? Uh, you, you know, we're, we're looking at all options. Um, but, you know, I'd prefer not to speculate because uh, by the very nature, even though I do sometimes, but by the very nature of doing so, people often interpret that as something that you're definitely going to do. Um, and as you know from the tax strategy group papers that came out the other day, um, you know, the government has this many options that we can choose from. Um, but we have to pare that down to this many, uh, which is the amount that you can afford. And that's the kind of work that we're um, focusing on between now and the end of September. Um, but the focus really will be on uh, the cost of living in particular, um, putting more money back in people's pockets, um, reducing the cost of some of the things that we can reduce the cost of, like childcare, for example, um, but also not losing sight of those bigger problems. You know, the need to continue to invest in housing, in our health service, uh, invest more in defence, for example. So um, even though we have a very substantial budget package this year because the economy is so strong, uh, there's always a huge number of competing demands and very hard to uh, spread that thinly, and fit, thinly, but not too thinly. Richard? Yeah, Thomas, just on the tax strategy uh, papers, they sort of seem to say that the 30% mooted uh, tax uh, rate that would be fairly inequitable it would only uh, look after a smaller number of people than other changes does that mean that's effectively dead in the water at this point or is it still something the government's going to think about um, what the tax strategy group papers do is set out set out options and set out the pros and cons uh, so in relation to the possible um, option and it's only an option uh, of a 30 percent tax rate um, what it says is that uh, that would benefit about a million uh, workers a million taxpayers generally speaking middle income uh, taxpayers um, but that if it was done on its own, that would be inequitable. Uh, and I agree with that analysis because uh, in any budget, you'd never just have one tax measure or one welfare measure. You'd always have a tax package and a welfare package. Uh, so um, if we, no matter what we, we do on income tax, um, I don't think it would be just for one group. 
Um, now I do hear some of the opposition parties saying that we should only do targeted things for those on low incomes. Uh, I don't agree with that. Uh, I think we need to have a universal approach um, where we help help everyone with the cost of living because everyone is feeling squeezed. Uh, and yes, have more targeted measures for those who need it most. Finance Minister seemed to walk back the prospect of a windfall tax on the profits of energy companies. That obviously would be something which is unpopular given the amount of money people are paying on energy bills at the moment, the amount of price rises they've seen over the last 12 months. What's your view on that? Do you think that there should be yeah. a windfall tax at this point? Well, you know, I, I think it is important to acknowledge that, um, you know, the increasing price of energy, electricity, gas, petrol, diesel uh, is driven by um, the international cost of that. Um, some of it may be increased profits uh, by companies, but that's not predominantly why people are paying more. People are paying more because the international price has risen. Um, I think we should give consideration to a windfall tax on windfall profits, but we need to be very careful to make sure uh, that uh, if there is a windfall tax, that is on the windfall element of the profits. Um, because bear in mind what happens with the regular profits uh, of an energy company. Some of it comes to the state, and we use that to invest in housing and healthcare and education and everything else. And some of it gets reinvested in the grid renewables. So anytime you introduce a new tax or a windfall tax, you need to be aware of the unintended consequences. Uh, if it's a tax on the windfall, that makes sense. Uh, but if it's a tax on regular profits, expected profits, there's a risk there that you might actually uh, tip companies away from investing in the grid, away from investing in new generation, away from investing in renewables. And that would be a short-term fix that actually creates a long-term problem. And that's why you need to think these things through and be sensible about it. Okay, yeah, thanks to wrap it up now, folks. Thanks very much for coming.